Just a ton going on in our country, is there not? I don't know if you watch the news. I do not. So I hear all my news secondhand. My mom like texted me yesterday like, President Trump declared today like a day of prayer for Texas. I'm like, oh, that's good to know. I didn't know. But we should all be praying for Texas right now, right? And uh, maybe you've uh, felt like pulled. I know Brent and I have talked about it. Pulled to like give money. And so if you've been able to give money to something, that's great. You know, we try to do good to all, uh, especially to the household of faith. And, uh, you know, the Bible's pretty clear about us taking care of our families. So if you have family there, you should really send money and maybe rally your small group to take care of your family. Um, and then we give to the church as well, right? So these are just all things of generosity that we do. Um, then, of course, you have other racial things going on. And it's just like so much. Is it not so much? Like, let's have a holiday tomorrow and celebrate the fact that we work so hard, Right? And it's great because we do work hard. I mean, I hope that all of us as Christians, if you are a Christian, that you're known for working hard, right? I hope that that's true of you. That should be true of you, right? Brent preached a message on that this last month. If you want to go look at it, uh, that'd be a great uh, find for you if, if you're having trouble with that. So much going on, right? So much in our world swirling around. And yet the last three weeks, we're kind of like, hey, let's draw near, <laughs> Let's draw near to God. In the midst of all this struggle, in the midst of all this uh, trial and tribulation, right? This world that we live in, let's draw near. Let's focus on Jesus, not the stuff happening around us, not the bad stuff, right? And uh, so I don't know how you feel about that, but that, that can kind of be hard, right? To like look up or look in uh, Christ in us, the hope of glory, and, and just focus on Him when all these distractions of the world and all these kind of hard things are going on, you're like, God, where are you? Where, what are you doing? And uh, so I just want to admit it's hard. <laughs> and then I want to say to you, uh, the same thing I've been saying to you for two weeks. This is the third week of the series called Draw Near. And the, the principle is this, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. This is a promise from uh, James 4.8. And uh, if we draw near to God, we've been talking about how we can do that, Right? then he'll draw near to us. What an astounding promise from the God who created the universe. I'll draw near to you. It's an invitation, right? Call on to me and I will answer you and show you great and hidden things which you do not know. This is an invitation. And it's an invitation from God Almighty. And so today, I'm really glad you're here. I'm excited uh, that you would be here on a holiday weekend. There's a lot of things you could do, but I think you made a really good choice because I think God has a word for us. I don't think it's an easy word. I'm not going to try to beat you up, right, on a holiday weekend. But I do want to say to you, this message has penetrated my heart again. I've preached Psalm 63 before. I'm going to preach it again today. It has penetrated my heart again this week, as Scripture usually does. And I just got to say to you, man, like, I want God more. And I want you to want God more. And so the message today, you're going to feel me bring a lot of energy. And that is in no way to say to you, you're not doing it. Or why aren't you doing it? I'm in no way condemning you with what I say today. Are we clear on that? The Word of God doesn't condemn us. It invites us to a greater and a deeper thing with God. And uh, so we're going to get after that. Um, 
thought we would just start with a little review. It's the third week of a series. We don't usually get three-week series. It's usually nine or ten, whatever. I can't review all that, but okay, so let's review. Okay, draw near, right, is what? Get alone. Thank you. I heard it up here. Awesome. Get alone. For God alone, right? Mike, you're on it. Awesome. And seek him. Great. We're on that. So that's today. Seek him, right? We're going to seek him today. More now than ever. Just seek. Press in. Like, seek him. All right. So the first message was about get alone, right? And it was how. It was how. Do you remember what it was? Anybody? No? I don't either, so I'm going to look at the notes. How do I draw near? I mean, it's okay. I mean, I don't care. Like, I mean, I do care. I want you all to like remember every message I ever said because that would be God. But not every word that comes out of my mouth obviously is that great because uh, maybe I'm saying more than I should and God's not saying enough. I don't know. But um, we're going to keep working on that. All right? That's a labor of love for me to say more of what God wants. Um, how do I draw near? Here were the things that we talked about. Believe that God exists. Do you believe that God exists? Hebrews eleven six. Do you believe that he exists? Do you believe that he's right here, right now, sitting in this chair, listening, right here? Because if you do, you might listen different, right? <laughs> believe that he exists. This is how I draw near. Seek him with urgency, right? Bring a Bible. He'll speak to you through the Bible. And then three was come clean through Christ. Some of you guys are like writing this frantically. I, I, I wasn't there. Slow down, slow down. All right, I'll say it again. Believe that he exists. Seek him with urgency. Third one, come clean through Christ. Be gripped by the gospel, right? The gospel is you can be forgiven today. You're like, I don't need to be forgiven. Well, great. Then the gospel is not for you yet, but it will be one day when you need to be forgiven. Okay? Come clean through Christ. And then the last one was a desperation, kind of touching on what we're getting after today, which is call out to him. We don't call out to him enough, and sometimes we manufacture the calling out. God, oh God, please help me, God. It's like, really? He knows your heart. Are you really desperate? Are you really on your face? Are you really tears hitting the floor? Or is it like, God, I just kind of think I need you today because pastor said that. Steve said that. We need to draw near. So, God, I must need you more, right? Just, just consider these things. Second week was why. So how? How do I draw near? Why? For God alone. Why is it for God alone? Why can't I draw near to something else? Why can't it be for me? My shield in the struggle, right? God is my shield in the struggle. I don't have another shield in the struggle. It's God. And the bigger my faith, the bigger the shield. Remember, we talked about that last week. God, grow my faith. Help me to know that you exist and that you have all these situations. Why? Why? For God is my safe place to stay. He's my safe place to stay. I can pour out my heart to God. I can't pour out my heart to a lot of people and trust them completely. But you can pour out your heart to God. He's never going to turn his back on you. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. His mercies are new every morning. His going forth is as sure as the dawn. Did the sun come up today? Just checking. I did open my eyes on the way here. It did come up. Why for God alone? For God alone is my source of supernatural strength. You want to see some cool stuff? God has the power. And God's power is his unconditional love. So these are the things we studied. And we're going to get after the what today. Okay, the what. So flipping your Bible to Psalm 63, the what. 
What does it mean to seek Him? What does it look like to seek Him? What does it mean to seek God? Are we in a cosmic game of hide and seek? God's like hiding and we're supposed to like find Him behind some corner and then it'll all be great? Where's Waldo with God? Is that what we're doing? I mean, somebody answer that because I thought that was kind of fun. No, I, I mean, I think it's a rhetorical question. That's why you're not answering. I mean, it's like it's so obvious. The answer is no. And yet for some of you, you might have been like, oh, I wonder. But for us believers, we're like, no, 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 no. If you think that, stop thinking that. God hasn't hidden himself. He's not in a corner. He's not under some kind of like, if you go there and dig it up, you'll find him. <laughs> we are seeking God and we will find him. But God has revealed himself through his word. God sent his only son, Jesus Christ, 2,000 some years ago to come and show us. The gospels are so precious. You have firsthand account of what Jesus did, who, what he said, who God is through Jesus Christ. You have the Old Testament to show you the character of God as well. God actually wrote a book and sent his son. We're not playing a God, uh, game of hide and seek. He's revealed himself. He's revealed his character. And he has a strong desire to be in a lasting, eternal relationship with you, me, with us. Can I get an amen on that? I mean, God has a strong desire to be in an eternal relationship with you, Ryan. woo I mean, that ought to make you, like, go crazy inside. Can you grasp that? And not only me, he wants it with you. And at the same time, I can't do that. I can't hardly remember people's name. I was like, what is your name again? I can't remember their name. Forgive me. I'm like trying to, somebody told me, Colin Driscoll told me, I'm just going to claim Colin on this one. Colin Driscoll told me, you can only remember like 100 names, Steve. I'm like, where's 500 people? And I'm trying, okay? Like, I'm going to get them all, all right? Like, I want them all. It's not about us. It's about him, right? But he wants to be with us. We, in turn, want to be with him. Yes? If you want to be with him, what does that look like to seek him? I'm going to give you three principles from God's word today. Let me read chapter 63 of Psalm, and we'll uh, get the principles. Here it is. Oh God, you are my God. Earnestly. I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh faints for you as in a dry and weary land where there is no water. I'm lost right there. I don't understand no water. I've grown up with water. I took a 15-minute shower this morning. Took a 15-minute shower last night. Plenty of water. Shaved, left the water running the whole time I shaved. Shouldn't do that, I'm on a well now. I know better. We don't get no water. Are we clear? All right. If you get it, please come teach me. So I have looked upon you in the sanctuary, beholding your power and glory because your steadfast love, there it is again, is better than life. 
my lips will praise you. So I will, you might just underline will, I've said it now twice, my lips will praise you. So I will bless you. I'm not going to say it again, but if you underline will, you're going to get something out of that. As long as I live. In your name I will lift up my hands. My soul will be satisfied as with fat and rich food. I'd like some of that right now. (laughs) So you guys know I'm on some weird diet. Yeah, it's not fat and rich, I tell you that. (laughs) And my mouth will praise you with joyful lips. What does joyful lips look like? I mean, the Bible is like, joyful lips, you're like, wow, how does that look? And he's like, you try to like mystify it like, joyful lips, it must be some kind of like, he's smiling. This is what joyful lips looks like, right? I mean, lips that are joyful. It's not hard, like to understand the word. We make it too complicated. Okay, great, keep going. When I remember you upon my bed, as in I can't sleep, and meditate on you in the watches of the night, I'm awake. Why is, why is he awake? Because his trouble is that great, and his God is that good. Sometimes I'm awake at night because my troubles are that great, I can't sleep. And sometimes I'm awake at night because my God is that good, I can't sleep. Okay? So either way, for you have been my help, and in the shadow of your wings, you might just write ark right there, ark, not Noah's ark, but the ark of the covenant, okay? The cherubim, the shadow of his wings. Uh, David has sat underneath uh, the wings of the cherubim, which are coming up over the ark of the covenant, and he's like, bam! I will sing for joy. My soul clings to you. My right hand uphold, or your right hand upholds me. But those, something turns here in verse 9, but those who seek to destroy my life, you could seek God or you can seek to destroy other lives or seek to destroy your own life. We're pretty good at that too. Shall go down into the depths of the earth and they shall be given over to the power of the sword Kind of seems like they're going to die. And they shall be a portion for jackals. Oh. Well, they're going to die and they're going to be unburied and animals are going to eat them. Okay, that's getting clear. But the king, David is the king. He's writing this from the wilderness of Judah. You can read that at the top. It's a good context. Not every psalm has context, but this one does. But the king, David, and who's the king? And who's the king? David. But, but who's the king? Jesus, King Jesus, right? So whenever it says the king, like King David, right? But David's like, he doesn't know he's talking for Jesus, but he is talking for Jesus because the Holy Spirit wrote the Bible. You know this, right? So the Holy Spirit's talking about Jesus too. King David, King Jesus, okay? Uh, And the king shall rejoice in God. King Jesus was always about his father God when he was on the earth. All who swear by him, who? Swear by who? Commentators don't even agree on this, and I can't figure it out either, so I'm asking you. Let's just vote. Swear by who? Who's he talking about? By him, who? Him, who? Okay, Jesus isn't even a passage. We got King David, we got God. Oh, yeah, it could be King Jesus. Okay, so it is 
the King David, it is the King Jesus, it is God, because they all agree they're all on the same page. They're all the same page. They're all doing the same thing. They all want the same thing from you. If you swear by one, you swear by all. And if you swear by them, you shall be exalted. For the mouths of liars will be stopped. I kind of like that one. That one's kind of fun because sometimes people lie about me and I'm like, no, no. And then you want to defend yourself and get all angry. You ever, anybody? Don't leave me up here. Come on now. Raise it high, raise it high. Okay. Sometimes I'm like, dude, you need to stop. You need to shut that yapper, right? But then once I start to say that, I don't say it with a graceful tone. You, you, you digging me? So it can't possibly be the Holy Spirit that's trying to defend me in that moment, right? It's got to be me. And so just stop defending yourself and know that God has it. God will stop the mouth of liars. Truth and time go hand in hand. It's coming out. And if you're right, everybody will know. And if you're wrong, you'll be a bigger dork because everybody's going to know. Okay? All right, three principles to live by in this passage. And I just got to say to you, it is life-altering and I am wrecked by these things. Okay, here it is. First one. What does it look like to serve God, to seek God, to draw near? What does it look like? Here's the first thing. You can see it there in verse 1. Desire God's presence. you got to desire God's presence. you got to want it. Notice that David makes it all about God. Do you see that? Oh God, you are my God, two times God. Earnestly I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh faints for you as in a dry and weary land where there is no water. I'll get to that. You, four times. God, two times. He makes it all about God. Why? Because it is all about God. Go ahead and tell your neighbor. It's all about God. Go ahead. Come on. Turn to him. Turn to him now and just tell him. It's all about God. It's not about you. Turn to the other neighbor tell him, it's not about you. It is not about you, Brent. It's not about me. It's all about God. All right? I, I mean, it's just all about him. We get our eyes off that, we go sideways. It's all about God. It's not about me. It's not about you. I love you, but I love you because it's God in you, and it's all about God. Our relationship is all about God, Cheryl. You and me, our relationship, it's all about God. I love you as a sister because we have God in common. It's all about God. Hmm. Earnestly I seek you. There's an intensity to that word. Earnestly. I don't know if we really get that. Earnestly. Like I'm going to come for you. There's an intensity to that word. I'm a pretty intense person. Anybody? Type A? Intense person? Okay, great. We got some? Sharon? Awesome. Okay, great. But then there's the other, well, that was only like 10%. Feeling like God right now. Sorry, I thought we were all like that. I gotta preach different. We need a different preacher. Somebody that can relate to the people. Um, I, you know, I've just gotta tell you, there's an intensity, and that's good, and it can be bad, right? But there's never an intensity bad when you're seeking the Lord. There's never an intensity bad when you're seeking the Lord. Seek the Lord, put the pedal to the metal, strap up, enjoy the ride. 
rev that engine, like get the RPMs up. Let's go when it comes to earnestly seeking you, God. And then you see it, my soul thirsts, my flesh faints. I would never say the word faint. I don't think I've ever fainted. I've, I've felt faint. I will say that. I think a, a good translation, some of you have NIV or NASB uh, or even New Living Translation, the, the, the word there would be longs. Or the word would be, what do you have? Yearns. Not a word you use every day. But there's a song about that that's pretty cool. I want to yearn for you. I want to be with passion for your name. Right? Just, oh, come on. Like, I hope you get it. I don't know if you do. But I think the illustration right here is what helps you get it. So the soul thirst and the flesh faints is like this totality of being all of me, every part of me now. And the, the no water part, which I think is the great illustration, is about necessity. I need something I don't have. I've got to have it. Do you have something like that in your life? The bigger house, right? The new job, the boyfriend. I need it. I've got to have it. You have something like that? I do. I want a new back. I need a new back. I got to have a new back. I want to go play basketball again. Come on, God, give it to me, right? Except what God gives you. You have your own thing. What do you need? What's been obsessing in your mind? You know what's been obsessing in my mind? We need revival in our church. We need revival in our city. I've been obsessing about that. Yesterday I was in the tub for an hour reading books on prayer and revival and writing down thoughts and ideas about how we could invite people to revival here. I'll stop right there. I'm obsessing about that. I'm, I'm thinking about it because we need it. I have a sense we need this. What do you have in your life that you're like, man, I need this? Well, he, he gives this uh, desperate plea for water. He's in the wilderness. He's on the run. I'm sure they didn't like go to the well and like get water in their canteen and like they don't have Nalgene's back then and you know, they weren't having like backpacks for their trip. Like he needed water. And so he desperately was like, I need you like I need water. Just to show us. I know you don't understand. I know you don't get it. You can't possibly get it because none of you have come for my water bottle, which is right here. I mean, if you needed water, it's right here. You could just, I mean, nobody charged me. Nobody ran down here while I was here during worship. Like, you know you can get this anytime you want. You'll go to the drinking fountain right out back or you'll put your head under the sink, even at a middle school. Nobody needs this. You don't need it. So this is a really hard illustration for us. But I want to try to turn it, okay? I want to try to turn it. So I was talking to a guy uh, this last week. We were out to lunch, and uh, it's a guy that's kind of interested in our church. And so we were talking, and he said, I just had this crazy, awesome experience this summer. I got to meet this pastor as I'm remodeling a church. I got to meet this pastor from India. And we struck up a great relationship, and my wife was gone for a couple of weeks, and so I was like with him like almost every day, right, eating meals and whatnot. And I said to him in a conversation at a restaurant, I said, what, 
what's the hardest thing about being here in America? And he held up his glass and he said, it's water. The hardest thing about being here is water. You know, in India, where I'm from, we have to pay 20 American dollars. That's a lot of money for them. You're like, shoot, just pay the money. 20 bucks, it's nothing. See, again, it's so hard to get you to get this because we're so affluent. We have to pay 20 American dollars for two gallons of water, Steve. 20 for two gallons of water. You can go drink from the water fountain for free. Nobody gets charged anything. It's just so hard to get this. It's so hard to understand the need, the desperation. Again, we're not talking about water. What's the illustration? I need you, God. I need you, God. I'll give you one other to try to get you there. I know we have a lot of runners in our, our midst, and I'm not a runner, but I, I see, like I almost hit uh, John Enselman the other day on his bike. Uh, but, but I see these guys running all over, Tyler Foss and Josiah, you know, Swanson. And I see all these guys running all over creation. And I'm just like, how do you do it? Well, I know a guy. His name is Zach, uh, Zach Gingrich. Um, this is a picture of him. It's not a very good one. Uh, you can't see it very well. But Zach is a friend of mine because I was working at Harvest Naperville, and we went to the same gym together, Lifetime Fitness, or uh, I can't remember the name of the gym now. It's not Lifetime, but it's something else. Sorry. And uh, we, were, we were buddies. And the reason we were buddies is because I would go into the sauna to warm up for basketball because I'm getting old. And uh, so I'd go in, get my body loose, and, uh, and he would be there for a different reason. See how Zach would train for the ultra marathon he was going to run in the dead heat of July. <laughs> Next year it's from July 10th to 12th, if that helps you, in Death Valley, California, if that helps you. 120 degrees average. How he would train to run ultra marathons, 135 miles, is he would jog in place in his flip flops in the sauna. So he'd just be jogging and we'd be talking. And I got to know him. He's a believer. He was teaching Sunday school, second grade class. And we struck up a relationship. We love each other. And you know what? I'd pray for him and pray for him. And I prayed for him when he was running. And he came back. And actually, the year I was praying for him, not saying I have this ability, but like he won. He won the race. He'd gotten like 27th, then he'd gotten third, then he won the race. You want to know his time? 24 hours, 44 minutes, and some seconds. I'm not even going to give you that. Right? You ran for what? For a whole day in 120 degree heat. Okay. And I asked him, how'd it go? There's pictures in here. His feet blistered up. Right? Take off your shoes and it's just like a mess. Body worn. Desperate. I was desperate to finish. I was desperate for a glass of water. I was desperate to eat. I was desperate for sleep. I was desperate. Can you imagine? 24 hours? I don't even go without sleep for 24 hours. We need to be desperate for the Lord. 
We need to be desperate for the Lord. You look at this and you see David's challenge, right? You see Zach's challenge, (laughs) Death Valley. But what about us? What's the thing challenging you? What's the insurmountable thing that you can't get over? Matter of fact, you're not even sure if God can handle it. You know you can't. What is it? And then what are you doing with it? Like so many times I press in and I get more intense and I go after it, that thing, whatever it is. Maybe it's a job. Maybe you're looking for one or maybe you just want your job to be better and you're desperate for it. Maybe it's a relationship. Relationships are tough. When they're wrong, they're wrong. And they will consume you. Maybe it's money. Man, I just, I haven't used my money wisely. I don't have enough money. I don't know. Whatever that thing is you're facing, I just want you to say, I'm desperate for you, God. God, I believe you can handle it, and I'm desperate for you to handle it. Does that make sense? Because you keep coming to the same thing, and you keep butting up against the same thing, and you're like, I can't do it, and I won't get it done, and I can't, and I won't, and I can't, and I won't, and you're like, you're getting discouraged. Can you turn that thing over to God? Could you just write it down right there on your notes? Could you just write it down? Could you just be honest with God? This is the thing I need you to conquer, right? Maybe it's something physical in your body. Like, God, I need you to conquer this. I need you to take this. I need you in me so that I can face this. I need you. I'm desperate for you. Can you do that? That's the first step. That's the first principle in seeking him, is being desperate for him. Got to pay the rent this month. Don't know how I'm going to do it. Desperate, right? How about that kind of desperation and turn it towards God? We got to turn it towards God. I guess the question is, do you desire not only the omnipresence of God, he's right here, right? But do you desire the manifest presence of God? Manifest. Like real, live, touch, feel like he's here now. Wow! It's amazing. Because that's what I desire. After a week of studying this. And I want you to desire God that way. I don't just desire to be around you or around godly people, God. I desire you now every second of the day. I want us all to get there. It's been a fun journey this week. I pray that your journey this week as you study this passage and interact with it would be good as well. Write those things down that you need to depend on God for and then press in, long for, desire, seek after him. Okay, we good? We good? All right. Number two and three, much more quickly now. Number two, remember God's power. You have to desire God's presence, and, and you could desire God's presence all you want, but, but you got to remember God's power. And if you don't have your own experience, pick somebody else's, right? 
I mean, just piggyback on somebody else. Be like, what God, what's God done in your life? Okay, well, let me tell you. I'll tell you what God's done in my life. I mean, just boom, 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 boom. I mean, like, I can't stop talking about that. But I bet, if you think, he's done some stuff in your life. And you could recount some things. David does that here. Look at what he says. So I have looked upon you in the sanctuary. I have looked upon you. You don't look on invisible things, do you? I mean, these are actual, tangible things that have happened to him. He's like, I've seen it. You're God. I remember your power. I remember it in the sanctuary. Remember this? Uh, it's called the worship center. Harvest World, we call this a worship center. We come here to worship. We don't call it a sanctuary. That's kind of Old testament But he calls it a sanctuary. Maybe that's because we're in the Old Testament. And, uh, but it, it, it smacks of a worship service, huh? A gathering of people where... God's showing up and doing some stuff. And do you ever have that feeling on Tuesday or Wednesday or Friday when it's hard? You're like, man, I wish I could be back with those people in church. Man, I wish I could be back at small group where we were together. Do you ever have that feeling? Oh, man, I have that feeling all the time. Do you have that feeling? Anybody? Like, no, everybody's like, it's not even hot in here. It's not even 11 o'clock. You guys can't be like this yet. <laughs> 11 o'clock service, man, they're just like all like, I don't want to blame them, right? I don't want to blame them because it's so, so hot in here by 11 o'clock, but it's like, give me some feedback, please. I mean, every week I feel like that. Like, man, can't it just be Sunday again? Can't we just go gather together again? I find so much strength in seeing you raise your hands and seeing you go after and see your joy. I find so much strength in when you come in and you're, you're not doing so well, right? You have a day where it's like, this is a hard day. And seeing how your face, your frown turns upside down, right? How your face changes. And by the end of it, you're like, maybe I could face another week. That's great. I love that. Being together. And he's saying that. I've looked on you in the sanctuary, beholding your power and your glory. That's the manifest. We ask for God's glory to come down in this church every week. The manifest presence of God, the glory of God. Come, Lord. Every week. Because of your steadfast love, I belabored that last week, but that's loving kindness. It's better than life. So I'm 134 times in Psalms and 194 in the Bible. I mean, this is God's loyal love. And then all these all I wills. Uh, my lips will praise you. I will bless you. I will lift up my hands. My soul will be satisfied. My mouth will praise you with joyful lips, with a smile on my face. Uh... He says in verse 7, under the shadow of your wings, I will sing for joy. I will, I will, I will. Sounds like a worship service to me. So the question then that is just obvious is, are we participating that way? David's saying, good enough for him, good enough for the king. What I see in the sanctuary, what I see in the worship service is I see praising. And I see joy. And I see smiles, and I see hands lifted up, and I see energy and satisfaction with who God is. And I got to say to you this week, I've been like, am I, am I worshiping like that? Are we worshiping like that? Is God like, get over there? That's where the 
practices for heaven. That's where the worship is red hot. I pray so. But I think we all have to check our spirit because we come together and we all bring a piece of that red hot worship. And I realize some of us come and it's a hard week. Well, that's great because the rest of us are red hot and we're going we're gonna to carry you along. And some of us come and we're like, what is this all about? Are they charismatic? Are they like, dude, let's stop trying to figure out what's going on and just release ourselves and just go after God. I'm lifting my hands to him. Why? I'm praising him. I'm lifting my hands to him. Why? I'm receiving from him. That's why. I'm lifting my hands to him. Why? Because he's number one in my life. I'm having my hands out because I'm like, I can't do this. But you can. Right? There's all these different, yeah, I could go into a litany of like jokes, right? Have you ever seen those? Care the TV, you know, like big TV, you know, touchdown, village people, whatever. Like that's, that's all funny, right? I should have just planned on, I should have practiced that. But do you understand what I'm saying? This is the place where you can come and unashamedly worship him without reservation. And you know what? You can worship any way you want. We're not judging your worship. If you don't raise your hands, I don't care. I'm asking you, though, to be so desperate for him that you would raise your hand, right? I'm asking you, that's what I'm really getting at, right? As I, I need you, God. Like, God, if you don't come today, if I don't see your presence today, I can't go another week. That kind of worship. That's what we're going for. All right, I've belabored that. <laughs> Question is, do you have any reason to remember his power? Do you have any reason to remember his power? Is there anything in your life, any reason? Yes? No? Can I get a yes? Can I get a no? Can I get any, some kind of feedback? Okay, great. Yeah. Hey, got a baby. Woo! Right? Got a baby. Woo! Baby's crying. Woo! Right? But it, it changes, right? But, but like, do we have any reason? Okay, so here, here's the deal. I brought some journals. These are reasons to praise the Lord. If you read through this, you'd be like, Man, bad day, Steve. Awesome day, Steve. Both are reasons to praise God. Um, this journal here in particular is the first journal I ever did that I kept anyway. Um, I'm sure I wrote some things down before that, but I don't remember. 2003, I started loving God more. <laughs> and I started interacting with him more. And this, this journal is from 2003 to 2005. I'm ashamed to say that half of it's empty. I just got sick of it after three years. And I was like, I'm, I'm not kidding you. Like, it goes to there. And then it's like empty. I'm not kidding you. Three years. <laughs> Sorry. Starts slow. That's what I'm kind of getting at. This one, the next year. This one, the next year. Right? And by 2007, I was saying to God this very phrase on August, well, this is 2006 actually, August 2006. I stink at this, Father journaling. Please give me the desire and the ability to write to you for, for you and about you every day. All right, a couple months later, 10.506, God, please meet with me. We're going to have a series called Meeting Places, places where God meets with us next week. I hope you'll come back. But I just pray, God, meet with me. 
I want to meet with you. Tell me your will. Show me your perfect plan. Do not hide from me. I need to grow in my theology. Show me your power. Show up in my life. That's journaling. And you got to, <laughs> there's a prayer after that. This was um, three days that I spent in my brother's house praying and fasting about whether I would stay in Rochester or go to Chicago. We wouldn't be here today had I not listened to God, had he not told me what to do. Just, just remember his power. Just remember what he's done. That's one. I mean, there's so many more. So this is, this is uh, 2003 to 2007. All right. Now, I brought my others um, just, just in case you wanted to, like, see them. And um, this is it. I'm going to need a little help. Thank you. Okay. So this here, right here, that's the last 10 years. That's what God does. Start reading. Just recount the goodness of the Lord again and again. How he met with me in the Bible. How I was frustrated with him and told him off. How I asked him for big things. One of the biggest things I asked him for was to plant this church. To bring this worship leader. Right? Right? Those are just answers to prayer. There's so much more. You're in there, Ryan. Your salvation, your baptism's in there. Okay, there it is. Look at what God can do. Start to write it down so in a couple of years you can go back and go, what? Are you kidding me? That's what it means to remember the power of God. And that's why I believe he says this. My soul clings to you. Your right hand upholds me. Shame on me for not grabbing my daddy's leg, my father God's leg, and just going, God, you're awesome. I love you, dad. Anybody have kids? Cling, cling, right? My soul clings to you. Man, my kids come, I come home, pull in the driveway, the garage door comes up. Door opens, kids running, you try not to hit them, all right? And then you get out and there's like, whoop! And they grab you, right? They grab your leg and you're like, and then you pick them up, careful on the back. You pick them up and you just like twirl them around and you hug them tight. This last week, uh, I was late to work one day by a couple minutes and uh, I was really grieved by that because we've really been working on that. But uh, I'm telling you what, I was in bed with Quinn. Quinn is our four and a half year old. He has Down syndrome. And he doesn't stop smiling. And, and I love that. And I was just in bed with him, just like making him giggle. And my heart was just getting bigger and bigger. And I was just making him a giggle and, you know, wrestling with him and whatnot for a whole half an hour. And then he fell back to sleep. <laughs> Crazy schedule he's on. And, uh, it was awesome. And you know what God kept coming back and just bringing to me was just like, that's how I feel about you, Steve. That's how I love you. That's what I'm doing with you. I'm trying to, like, get you to giggle. Would you laugh? You're so serious, man. Like, 
I've got it. It's all good. I'm your protector. I'm your father. Cling to me. I'm going to uphold you with my right hand. That's what I'm going to do. I've already said I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. Whether you think I'm going to do it or not, I'm going to do it. Why don't you think I'm going to do it? Put a smile on your face. These are remembering the things of God. This last one, I, I'm just, I got to cut some for next hour, man. This last one, just Psalm 77. I got to share this with you. God gave me all this stuff this week. And, and uh, Psalm 77, man, this is, this is the Psalm of Asaph, but uh, not David, one of the few. But, but here's what he says about God. Look at it, it's on the screen. Then I said, I will appeal to this, to the years of the right hand of the Most High. Who holds me in my right hand? Who holds you in his right hand? Come on now, God does, right? I'm going to appeal to this. The years of the right hand of the Most High. I will remember the deeds of the Lord. Yes, I will remember your wonders of old. I will ponder all your work and meditate on your mighty deeds. You're going to want to go read Psalm 77 today. Trust me. Okay, it gets better. Your way, O God, is holy. What God is like our God. You ever said that? What God is like our God? I'll be in the car listening to me. There's nobody like you, God. There's nobody like you, God. I'll just be like, come on, God. There's nobody like you, God. It's true. You are the God who works wonders, miracles, in your own life. You're here. That's a miracle. It's not what people do on Labor Day weekend. They go have some fun. But this is fun. This is our kind of fun. You have made known your might among the peoples. You with your arm redeem your people, the children of Jacob and Joseph. Selah. Right? My soul clings to you. Your right hand upholds me. This last truth, so you have to desire God's presence. I pray that you do after today. And I pray that you did coming in, but more now than ever. Remember God's power. Just recount it. This is a whole flashback. He's recounting all these things, and then he's making these I will statements. I've seen the goodness And I've experienced his power, so now I must trust him. So that's the third thing, trust God's plan. You see it here in the last verses. He says, uh, but those who seek to destroy my life, uh, Absalom is the guy, or maybe it's Saul, but either way, right? Pick a guy. Um, They shall go down into the depths of the earth. That means they're going to die, the realm of the dead. And they shall be given over to the power of the sword. That means they're going to get killed, okay? And... The sword is, is something like the word of God is the sword. It's the truth. So there's a truth aspect here. The truth is going to be found out. They're going to be killed by the truth, right? One day, Jesus Christ is going to come back and he's going to speak a word of his mouth at the end of all time. And it'll be the truth and it'll cut all unbelievers, all people that didn't believe in him, down. It will kill them. Man, that's a loving God. Yeah, well, it's true. It's true. So yes, it is loving, and it's, it's his fact that his patience is keeping him from doing it right now when he should do it. That's the loving part about God. He isn't doing it now because he's waiting for you to change your mind about him. 
And it says, they shall be a portion for jackals. That literally means their bodies are going to be unburied. Animals are going to eat their flesh. It's just a grotesque picture. And then he says, but the king shall rejoice in God, and all who swear by him, by the king, by God, by Jesus Christ himself, shall exalt. Why? Because God will exalt you. Humble yourself under the mighty hand of God, and he will exalt you. For the mouths of liars will be stopped. Now David is able to look at his situation with a new perspective. He's turning his perspective. He's going, I trust you, Lord. No matter what happens, I know it's going to be good. It's going to be for your glory. It's going to be for my good. He goes from desperate to determined because of the dependence he has on God. And David is now, this is what he's doing. David's alter confidence, right? Like a baseball player that gets up and he's like, I'm going to hit a home run. But most baseball players get up and they're like, I'm going to hit a home run. They don't like do this, right? Call on my shot. So get up, pitcher throws a couple, bottom of the ninth, two outs, two strikes, and you're like, God's got it. That's where it's going. That's what, that's what David is, Right? You ever heard of the shot heard around the world? You guys heard of it? All right, watch this video. Must be cheering for the other team. But you know what? We know what team we're on. I know what team I'm on. I pray you know what team you're on. Do you know what team you're on? Are you on the winning team? Because <laughs> it might feel like there's bottom of the ninth, two outs, two strikes. Nothing can redeem this, right? It might feel like that in our world right now. But I got to tell you, I love watching stuff like that. Sports stuff gets me. Like I get goosebumps and chills and all that. Why? The joy, the passion, the excitement, the exaltation. Why? Because the attitude is no matter what, we win. No matter what, at the end of the day, I can trust his plan. It might look grim right now. It might not be like everything you want it to be in this moment in time. But I'm telling you what, God is coming back. And God is with us through the trial. And he is doing something that is mighty. This can be our attitude in every stage of life. We're on the winning team. So if you're in your darkest day right now or a tough trial, somebody's attacking you or even they're lying about you, know that God is in control and you can trust God's plan. You got to know that. He will stop it. He will call all things to account. He will end it. And therefore, when you draw near to the God of the universe, 
Get alone with God. He's worthy of that time. It's for him alone. Make it that way. Everything else should get pushed out. And seek him. Desire. This week, what are you going to do? Here, I just got three cool phrases for you, okay? Try it. You know, we got the Bible reading plan. I stopped checking last week, uh, but I'm doing it, okay? I'm doing it. But uh, you got the Bible reading plan, uh, or the uh, the 21-day challenge, right? And, uh, you know, if you haven't done it yet, you're on a seven-day challenge now. It's a se- This is easy now. Seven, se- seven days. One day is not easy, okay? Just one day doing this isn't easy. But you're on a seven-day plan. Got it? Try it. Just try it. You don't know what you're missing. Just try it. I'm 14 days in. I'm telling you, it's amazing. And it gets better every day. Just try it. Right? And then the second thing, okay, get alone. Try it. Get alone. The second thing, taste it. Taste it. Right? Taste it. Taste the goodness of the Lord. Here right now in the land of the living, uh, write it down so you could taste it again and again because there's going to be a day you can't taste it. Write it down in this day when you can taste it so you can go back and eat it again. Your words were found and I ate them and they became to me a delight, a joy, right? Because I'm called by your name, Lord of God of hosts. Jeremiah 15, 16. Eat it up. Taste it. And then this last thing. Do it this week. Try it, taste it, and trust him. You can trust him. You can trust him with everything in your life. His plan is perfect. You can depend on God. He's the only one you can depend on. All right? As we close, I'm going to just throw this up, this verse we've been kind of going off of. I want you just to see that. Draw near to God, and he'll draw near to you. This is the truth. I love you. I love you. And I see God working in you through this process. Let's pray. God, thanks for being here in a manifest presence way. For being here and speaking to each and every person here. I don't know what you've said, but I trust that you've said it clear. I trust that they have things they're going to do now. Your things, God things. And that they're going to do it with your power, in your presence, and accomplish your plan. Please, God, may it be so. As we draw near to you, continue to draw near to us like you say you will. I pray all this in the precious name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ.